Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. And as soon as we see that live, everybody knows what's happening. Welcome to Fight Club, everybody. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome Hi. to Fight Club. So excited to have you with us today. So Fight Club is a show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, system, and culture. And we are a team of self-employed industry experts joined this week by our guest, Dan Dowie. Welcome to the show, Dan. Please give our listeners just a brief introduction of yourself and your your business and past business as well. <laughs> well, thank you all for having me. I, I start at the start, I was saying that this is definitely a little bit intimidating, but I'm excited to be here and share Hopefully, share some knowledge for you know for our guests out there. So, my background is is twenty plus years in the home services and the trades, plumbing uh, specifically, and uh, born and raised here in Central Texas, and uh, been spent the last twenty years uh, growing my own home service business, a family business, and then I sold that recently, and then started built for the trades. And so now I'm doing coaching, consulting work full time. I run mastermind groups and really just giving back to the trades. So cool. I love that. <laughs> Giving back. That's something we're big about. So super excited to have you with us, Dan. Thank you for joining. And don't be nervous. I promise it's going to be super easy. <laughs> super I know, easy. Like all, of a, all of a sudden, I'm kind of nervous. So we're good. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> we're going to have a fun yeah. time. <laughs> My name is Taylor Maroney, Dan, and I co-own a pressure washing company called Pure Power Washing in South Florida. I've also worked in marketing for about six years. And in that working, I found my passion for helping business owners understand their marketing through the numbers. So that way they can really understand those analytics and better make decisions for their business from those. So super excited to say welcome back to Fight Club. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. And my name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I love to educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I also own a full service accounting firm, Likes Accounting Company, where you can outsource all of those nasty accounting chores to me and my team. And I'm uh, the co-owner of Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters, a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company based out of Northern California. And I'm very happy to be here on this Tuesday. Uh, welcome to Fight Club and welcome, Dan. Thank you. And I'm Michelle Dan. Thank you so much for being here. Co-owner of Pink Collars. My husband is downstairs making it rain right now. He's back from a long weekend. And I don't know about what it does for anybody else. I want to sleep in. He like is fired up and out the door uh, the day after a long weekend. So Pink Collars can outsource your customer service or, uh, or office management tasks. And we can do that for you remotely for any business in the trade. So I'm um, super excited to have you here and welcome to Fight Club. And lastly, my name is Martha Woodward, and I am an absentee owner of a maid service in a neighboring state, and I co-founded Quality Driven Software, and you know, you mentioned that you give back to the trades. I help people build happier workplaces. That's my mission. So welcome to Fight Club, and it, no need to be nervous. We're going to take care <laughs> of you. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Dan, I'm going to steal you first and we're going to chat a little bit about marketing. Um, and I find it awesome um, when I was perusing y'all's website for Built for the Trades. I know you really focus for a lot of HVAC, plumbing, um, heating and air, those companies. And 
I've always noticed that not only are those the most expensive when I, and when I say expensive, I mean expensive when it comes to marketing, but it's also ones where time investment wise, it's really hard for the business owner to be able to invest that time into the marketing because they have so many other things that they're, they're managing and making sure the business is running. So um, when you were working in your plumbing company and even now with training owners for built for the trades, how do you approach marketing as a larger trade within the home service industry? That's a great question, Taylor. Yeah. So really the way I approach it is in three buckets. So a lot of times when I start, start working with the client, the initial thing they're doing is paying an internet marketing company to bring them, to bring them leads. And really that can work for a while, but you know, over time, if you want to start growing your company and scaling it, you really have to start diversifying your marketing. And so what I share with them is the three buckets, the, you know, the initial sell bucket, which is what most people are working on. And the second bucket is typically like retention. And really most companies out there aren't touching that at all. And then the third is community. You know, are you giving back to your community? So that, that, that's really where I start when it comes to marketing and home services. Wonderful. Well, I talk a lot about the lead side of it normally. So I'd love to hear your um, input on retention because I agree that is an area that a lot of business owners tend to kind of skip over it. They're like, oh, I've got all these people. This is awesome. Like here they all come, they're flowing in the door. And then one year later, it's like, well, John Smith down the street really could have used that service or in an HVAC situation, you know, it could even be three months, six months, they could use you again. And that retention wasn't put in place. So how do you approach that um, to maintain those, um, uh, excuse me, those customers coming back into the door? Yeah. So really, I mean, the first thing is, is, you know, bringing somebody in-house to, to work in your marketing is really important, especially as you grow typically past that two to 3 million in annual sales is really where it's important to bring somebody in-house to help you. But it's really starting basic with email marketing is, is a, is a great way to go. Uh, obviously social media platforms. And I'm, when I say social media, it's not paying somebody to post for you. It's actually, it's actually communicating with your uh, potential clients and entertaining them and showing them that you're a real company, that you have a, a great culture, things like that. Um, other areas could be things like outbound calling, you know, really just to check in with your clients is really important. And um, there's really so many other areas too. I mean, I mean another way to, to retain clients, it's, this is really basic, but, you know, just putting stickers on, on appliances when you go in there and service it. I mean, that's a great way to retain clients because, we, you know, we, we have this assumption that that client's going to call us back because we created, created a, a great service experience when in reality, you know, they could be looking for you and still call the wrong company because somebody else is ranking ahead of you. So it's important that we have some things to leave behind to retain that, uh, that client for long term. Absolutely. So I'm going to reiterate a few things that Dan said, because these are very important um, tips to take down and definitely take some notes out right now to write these down. Not only did Dan mention three great free ways to be able to boost your company, email marketing, that is a free option that you can use MailChimp. There's other free services out there. And that's a system that you can put in place, like Dan said, with a marketing manager in house. Now, second was social media and not through, like he said, a social media manager who just throws stuff out there, bringing in that culture, which Martha will talk about, bringing in who you are as a business and that personal touch. And then the, the third one is the additional, um, the stickers. I mean, it's a little bit more money. It's not fully free, but what it does for the long term is when 
John pulls out his dryer and it's now not working and he needs to figure out what I need to do and who I need to call or looks under the sink and something's wrong. That sticker's right there. The number's there. They can give you that phone call. And those are ways that you can be able to continue to be in front of those clients. Now, I'm really big on customer interaction as well, which sounds like Dan is too. Having those reach outs and those phone calls back and forth are really simple. Do you recommend, Dan, that they do that after the initial service as well, just to make sure that they're starting that relationship off on a good foot? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's really something that will separate you from your competitors. It's just, it's just a quick, happy call to make sure everything's good. And it also helps to retain more reviews, you know, and also capture customers who aren't happy before they go online and put a bad review for your company. So initially, right after the services, it is a great time, Taylor. Wonderful. Absolutely. Reviews. Everyone knows reviews are, I, I think they might have more weight than gold, to be honest, for small <laughs> business owners. And there's something that when you get that genuine review from a client, you know, we went to stay with my in-laws this weekend and they, we went to go stay at a little hotel and there was a gentleman at the front desk and he just handed us a simple little card. He was so great customer service wise, was fantastic and gave me a little card and had a QR code on it. And he was able to scan that. I was able to scan that, excuse me, and put a glowing review for that company because those do have more weight than gold and finding where they do have that weight, which for most small business owners is on Google. So keep that in mind. There's ways that you can put things together on your business cards on your um, social media that people can just be able to access quickly. But like Dan said, not only do you want them to have the access to it, make sure they're happy beforehand because that is the key. You don't want them going to Google, leaving an unfortunate bad review because the process to get that down is quite complicated and does take a lengthy amount of time. So I appreciate Dan, you spending some time with me this morning and I'm going to let you go over to Megan and you guys can talk some finances. Sounds good. First, that reminds me so much of this week's sponsor of the Fight Club for Business show, which is Quality Driven Software. And Quality Driven Software is the software that my company uses to be able to ask our customers for how was your quality this week? And what I love about it compared to other software companies is that it's really good about telling you by employee how they're doing. So if I mix up my teams, I can see where the gaps in learning are and gaps in training are. So if you haven't checked out Quality Driven Software yet, we highly recommend you check out this week's sponsor. Um, but this is, this is yeah, that's, that's this week's sponsor. So this is an advertisement for them, but this is not an advertisement in general. Um, we had a question from Elizabeth asking, Dan, if you recommend MailChimp, TextMagic, or SendGem? And I think, Tay, you could probably answer that too. I'll let you go first, Dan. Yeah, really when it comes to, you know, to email marketing, it's first seeing if you have any software in place that's already offering that, that service. But MailChimp is a great, you know, a free option to go ahead and do that. And really it's not about, it's not about the, you know, the, the quantity of times that you're emailing your clients. It's more about the quality. Like mm -hmm. we don't want to be annoying them, but, but, but we do want to stay top of mind. So typically I would, you know, say one time a month is really a great place to start, but go ahead, Taylor. I agree. Um, timing is key for all three of those to be in to be particular. Um, Mailchimp is exactly what Dan said. A, about a once a month. Some companies can get away with once every two months or once every, twice every month. Excuse me, but I do recommend the standard of once a month. Um, Text Magic is fantastic for seasonal, in my opinion. Um, whenever you come into a new season to send a message out to all of your clientele, letting you know what your seasonal offers are going to be. 
that's a batch that you can send very affordable rates and um, then send Jim is actually tying back into um, what Dan was saying with really making sure you're doing quality touches with your clients too. So you can be able to do these quality touches um, through brownies. You can send brownies through Send Gym. You can send gifts. You can send postcards, thank you cards. Um, and then also you can do five arounds through Send Gym as well, which allows you to hit the clientele directly around that neighbor's home. So each one kind of serves a different purpose um, and has their own specialty. So it's a great question, but um, I would definitely say each one has their own lane. <laughs> Awesome. And I'm playing secretary, Dan. So all the clicking and clacking, sorry, I try and mute when I'm typing, but um, I was getting Elizabeth's answer into the chat there for her. Um, yeah. Okay. So I like to talk about money and I would like to tie in this discussion you just had with Tay, because I think that we, we forget the monetary value of retaining customers about, about having stickier customer relations. And I kind of want to tie it into your comment during your intro that you recently sold a service business. So mm -hmm. I'd imagine that the stickiness of your client list played into as a factor of your sale. And I was wanting to maybe talk through that with you since it sounds like it was a recent experience. What do you think? Yeah. So really to clarify, you know, my sell the business, it was more of a, so I was in a family business and I sold my share of the business. So it wasn't really a okay. business sell. So uh, we can right. go that route. But as far as, you know, I wanted to make sure we had clarity on that. Okay, totally. And that's fine. I think that um, it's actually an interesting question. I um, I just had a really big trip yesterday where I had to travel for like 27 hours straight. And oh. um, <laughs> my favorite thing about traveling is I love to read. And so I've been on this uh, sales book kick. And so I listened to Built to Sell by John Warlow yesterday. And then I'm, I brought with me the art of selling a business. Um, so I think that it comes up often, even if it's an internal sale where you're just trying to come up with a valuation to sell to another shareholder. Um, so I thought maybe we could talk through that just briefly, uh, how, an, how a company's valued. And, um, can you talk a little bit about your experience, even though it was an internal sale of how you guys came up with a dollar amount value for selling your shares in your company? Yeah. So really when it comes to, you know, selling or setting a company up to, to sell, the first thing is customer retention. And really not just saying like I've served this many customers, but really having some kind of program in place to be able to, to retain them like a membership program. So that, that's the first thing that we talk about when it comes to building a company to sell. And really the, the next piece is, is building systems for your business and things that are repeatable. You know, one thing when I'm talking to a client, they're always confused, like what's the difference between a system and a procedure? And typically like when I'm, when I'm coaching somebody, systems are something that we're going to um, you know, it's kind of funny. I'll say this nice. system is something, something that we're going to hang on the wall. You know, systems could be our, our core values. It could be our service system. It could be so many different things, but I really believe in putting that front and center in their business. So that way every week we're training on that and we're repeating those things over and over again. Cause really it's all about if somebody's going to come in and invest in your business, it's how repeatable is it? not only the reputation, but how repeatable is it? And can this be done once you leave the business? So if you're an owner listening and you have your hands in everything and you're, and you're doing and controlling everything, the first thing I'd recommend is start to start to build systems and start to retain clients through some kind of membership program. I love it. So Michelle's like chomping at the bit over there because she's our systems queen. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have a pause on the systems discussion. Let's okay. talk about the membership part. 
Um, I heard you say when you were talking about retention, and those were three brilliant takeaways for our listeners to be able to implement in their business. So I own a window cleaning business, and it's something that I actually considered early on and I'd forgotten, but we can do stickers and windows too. You can put a sticker on a window. You know, this window was proudly cleaned by, and, you know, kind of like an oil change, you can put the date. Like so many of our customers, when they call back, they don't remember when they last had their windows cleaned, or they don't know how often they should be cleaning their windows. Um, same with gutters, actually. People forget, like, it's so funny. My husband and I have been talking about like this time warp and time lapse of COVID and everybody thinks they had their gutters clean last season. And the reality is it just feels like last season, but because of COVID, it was, it was a lot longer than that, right? So I wanted to bring back that sticker idea, um, but I wanted to talk about recurring business because it's not something that we see in every industry. We definitely see it in like pest control. We see it in an HVAC. Um, Tay's been working on bringing it to pressure washing, but you said memberships. So can you talk through, let's just talk through a couple of ideas about how we could bring memberships to other service businesses. Now, made services are obviously recurring and so is lawn care. Those are, those are really, really fun membership businesses um, where hopefully you have a contract in place. And so when you go to sell, you know, the person who's buying it can buy that contract. They can buy the rest of the life of that client, right? Um, but can you talk through some other ideas for memberships? If you're sitting there, we have a listener thinking like, eh, that doesn't work in my business. I definitely can. Yeah. So the first thing okay. is really, you know, in your business, you should always be asking yourself is, is what I'm implementing and making it easier to do business with me. So as you start to build a membership program, make sure that it's easy for the customer to, to, you know, to, to go ahead and purchase and do business. And so there's a, a couple different ways to approach this. You could do a monthly membership. You could do it annually. You could do it biannually. You could do it just one time for the lifetime. And really, every you know every business is different. So what I've seen the most success in is you know either offering a yearly service with a yearly membership, or just doing a one-time lifetime service and just staying in, in contact with that customer. Because really, the membership is kind of a loss leader to a certain extent. You're not really going to be making money on the initial sell of the membership. Really, you know, the, the value of it is, is retaining the client and making sure that they're calling you time and time again. So if we're, you know, if we build a membership program and we sell it and we're not, you know, um, we're not communicating with that client, the, the chances of them, of them remembering that bot or that purchase a year later or two years later is pretty slim. So if you're thinking about starting one up, I would recommend either just doing like a yearly, a yearly sell or just doing a one-time lifetime sell, to, you know, just to retain that client. And things that I see typically are, you know, we offer like a priority service that they call, they're going to get, you know, ahead of the line of all the other people calling in. Uh, you may see like an annual inspection or an annual cleaning involved in that. Um, other things you may see is like member only coupons. Or you could see like a 15% discount offered for that membership. And then, I mean, really last but not least, you know, warranties are really important. So if you're, if, if a customer buys some type of, you know, some type of membership with you, are you, are you going to extend the warranty, double the warranty? What does that look like? So that's where I would start, Megan. I love it. That was so helpful. And I really think that those were some easy to implement ideas across industries. And so don't sit there and, you know, we like, we like our fight club listeners to be doers, right? We want them to take action. We want them to keep fighting for the business. So, uh, you know, try and shift this mindset. If, if it's not happening in your industry yet, 
those were some easy ways to maybe bring it to your business specifically and to your customers. And I liked this idea of service. I think that keeps coming up with you, Dan, but you're really there to serve your customers and how can you serve them better? And that's the easiest thing to sell to them is because it's the thing that they want and need to buy. So uh, thanks for those helpful tips. I think that we've maybe got some money in our listeners' pockets this week. I'm going to pass you to Michelle because I have a feeling she's drooling from those discussions of system. (laughs) So I loved what you said. The word repeatable is one of my favorite words, right? And I think that a lot of business owners get in the drudgery of repeating themselves, right? Um, So talk to me about when you bring in a new client for consulting and you take a look at their business, right? You throw their business up on the operating table and you're about to dissect it. Where do you start first when it comes to systems? Where can you find that repeating sort of grind that they're in? How do you identify that with a new new client of yours? So Michelle, I mean, really the first place I start is, is with the end in mind is what I say. It's really, it's really with their vision. You know, where do they want to go in the next three years? And I help them establish three really important vision tools, which is a, a vision statement, a mission statement, and core values. I know that those are nothing new in the industry, but the way that we approach them is we we put those three vision tools front and center in their business. We make a nice mm-hmm. sign for their walls. They talk about them often. It really, you know, especially their core values, they really start to define their culture. And uh, what I say, you know, when it comes to business culture, it's really your core values plus accountability equals your culture. Um, Because a lot of times, you know, a a business may not have core values on the wall, but as a business owner or operator, you have your own core values that you live by. And whenever you're leading a company, it's really a direct reflection of you. And so it's not only not only your core values, but, you know, how often are you actually going to hold people accountable to those core values in your business? It's so good. So good. So you get all those things established, you get them a, a vision, right? They're on the path. And then how do you, where do you go next? Do you start with the trade that they supply or the service that they provide? Do you start with their office marketing? Like where do you kind of attack first or is it different every time? Well, really, I mean, really, it starts with the vision. And then from there, we start to attack financials because a, a lot of people have no Money. idea. Yeah. Of course, good, right. good. Megan's and, uh, happy with that. Yeah. So we start to systematize their financials, make sure we know where to make sure we have something to look at because it's, you know, if, if you're, if you're running and growing a business and you have no financials to look at, you're really doing it blind. So it's important yeah. that we set that. It's important that we set some goals for, you know, for, for where they want to go. Um, the next piece I, I really focus on is marketing. And so it's really building a marketing okay. strategy. And making sure that, uh, you know, exactly who our avatar is, because as you grow a business, you know, when you, when you first start in your business, every, every client's important, right? Like you want to capture everything, but as you start to grow, you have to really start to narrow your focus on, on what's most profitable for your business. And so we do that a lot in our marketing, um, you know, helping people set up some good recruiting ads and things like that. But Really, the meat of the systems in the service space is developing some type of service system, like a 10-step system that says, every time we go to this, this client's house, we're going to operate in these 10 steps. And really having that in place is really important. And the second piece is, is, is developing a system for how we answer the phones. Because as you know, Michelle, answering the phones, <laughs> being very consistent, 
and uh, you know, saying the right things and booking the call is 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 very very important to setting up our um, you know our service text for success. Yeah, and it's that first relationship, right? You're putting them in the funnel for the very first time when you're on the phone or email or chat or however they're coming to your company, and how you process them really sets the tone of what that customer can expect from your company, right? It needs to be very high level. It needs to be very organized and orderly. Speaking of that, is there any technology out there that you see that you're getting some success with and that trades people are really latching onto? Because as you know, every trade has their own sort of tech stack, right? That they like to utilize. Um, But because you work with so many different industries, is there something overall that you're seeing happening in technology that can help trades people at this time? I mean, really right now it's it's you definitely need a, a good crm so there's there's great programs out there i mean really so many to list obviously service service titan is one of the top house call pro is great and there's so many more to go down that list but it's really having something where your technicians have a tablet in the field and they're able to communicate um, both with the customer or the client and the office uh, streamline because really once again it's all about ease of of doing business with you i heard it said earlier you know text uh, marketing is great. Um, something not being done very often right now, especially in the home service space. Um, also, mm-hmm. that's a great tool for recruiting. Like this morning, just got a text, um, you know, here in Texas offering, you know, great money to go be a service plumber somewhere. Cause I mean, I have, I have a trades background, but I get those at least monthly, you know, different offers that people are reaching out to try to recruit, um, you know, plumbers out here in Texas. Uh, the other piece I heard, I've, I've heard great, great things on. So uh, schedule engine I hear is great as far yeah. as just getting the, you know, getting the, the uh, client online, able to book a time, get the service all done without ever picking up the phone. So that's really a great option. Um, obviously having some kind of chat service on your website is really important to where you can text back and forth with the customer. Um, and then going back to marketing, like a, a great old school approach that I think is still really, really important for companies out there are postcards, you know, having some kind of, po- you know, having some kind of system in place to where you are communicating with your clients and future clients via postcards. It's funny because we're also paperless now. And I got an invitation to something the other day that was paper and it's literally sitting next to my bed. Like I'm holding it. I'm like looking at it. I'm looking at the picture of flipping it. It's like, I'm a kid again. And it's so silly because I don't think we, I think we've forgotten how lovely it is to have something in the physical space, to stick it on the fridge, to have it in your, on your desk or to have something there. So I love all of that. Um, I really liked that you tapped on recruiting because I know that's a pain point for a lot of our folks that are listening. And it's a perfect segue to hand you off to Martha, who's going to talk to you about people. Thanks so much, Dan. I appreciate your time. All right. See, Dan, you've survived so far. Survived, yeah, <laughs> so far, so good. You know, what I wanted to talk to you about is I have noticed a trend um, in the way that the service trades are marketing to clients. And so I'm in the middle of nowhere, but my local TV market is Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I, I always pay attention when these service businesses are running an ad on TV. And particularly what I've noticed lately is that they're really highlighting their professionalism with their 
technicians. And like, I've seen a real shift on the way that some of these companies are trying to make themselves stand apart. And a lot of that shift is around their employees and what they require out of their employees, not only certification, which I think, you know, in the plumbing, HVAC, so forth, that's been kind of the only requirement in the past is their, you know, are they licensed, whatever, certified? I don't know the jargon for that. But now there seems to be a requirement from the public, I guess, that there's a higher level of customer service. So speak to that. I'd really love to hear what you've seen emerging and and how people, you know, owners are making that shift. Okay. All right. So where to start? Yeah. So in the trades, really for the past 20, 30 years, our focus has been, you know, trying to get people's minds from just like a sloppy technician coming out the house to somebody who's very professional. And in doing so, the bar just continues to be, you know, continues to be raised every year as far as what that looks like. And really what I tell people is, you know, whether you're paying $100 an hour for a service or $500 an hour for a service, the price can always be great value or it can always be too much money depending on the value that you receive from the time you call to the time that, that, you know, that that technician leaves your house. So Martha, it's really important that people listening out there start with the basics because, you know, we're always looking towards the certain revenue goal or trying to be, you know, or hit any goals. But sometimes we forget that just the way our trucks look or our appearance or, you know, all the small things about setting ourselves up for success, just being positive is so important when it comes to that. And as far as like watching commercials and seeing professionalism, licensing has always been important in the, you know, in the plumbing, HVAC and electrical space, but really it's beyond that because there there are a lot of states out there who don't require that. And so really it's, it comes down to the personality of the technician, the honesty of the technician, their presentation, how they look, uh, being on time, how well we communicate with our clients before, during, and after their service. Because really nobody at this point, we don't want to be expected to sit at our home for eight hours waiting on somebody to show up when there's so much technology out there to be able to communicate with the customer. And so, like I said, with you know, when I was talking with Michelle earlier, I really, really believe that the secret to success and building your culture and the secret to finding the clients that you want are your core values. I mean, I even think all the way down to the point where we should be advertising and marketing those core values to our clients because they're going to see those and resonate with them and want to call your company based on, on, um, on who you are really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a, a sister who is a tough cookie when it comes to making her happy in the you know yeah. service industry. And really there's two things for her. One is of course the price, not feeling like she's getting cheated and whatever. But the other thing is she's very, you know, she's, she is by herself. And so she's very leery of having people in her home. And Mm -hmm. these are mainly men, you know? And um, so what I've noticed if I'm ever around when she brings people in 
is uh, it makes a huge difference to her and most people how that technician comes in and puts her at, at ease. And if they come in and like they're all business-like and they go straight to work, in the old days, there's probably nothing wrong with that. But what I notice is you, like in my sister's case, you have to talk to her. You have to have a short conversation. And somewhere in that conversation, you have to get her to feel like, oh, okay, all right, this guy's okay. He, I can trust him, I think, you know, that kind of thing. And then they get to work. Um, and I know that in the trades business, a lot of people aren't comfortable with that, mm. but somewhere in the training, we have to do that, including the maid service. I have yeah. lots of shy females that come to work for me and we really have to work on that and tell, I just say, I don't care if you go talk to anybody after hours. But during these hours, this is what you have to do. And I said, and I'll tell them, hey, listen, it will pay off in tips. And once I kind of make that correlation to why does it matter to you, you know, then, yeah, they're much better about it. Yeah, I mean, that's so that's so true. Anytime that we're going to implement anything in our business, it's always explaining why why we're doing it and then what's in it for you, right? Like everybody wants to know, well, how's it going to benefit me? So it's important that you share that. And uh, yeah, relationship building with your clients is that no like, and trust factor that they want to receive before you just give pricing. Cause if you just show up and you look at the, you know, at the service and you start giving pricing, then all you are is just, you know, they only know you by your name and who you work with, but there's no relationship built there. And so of course, the first objection you may get is a price objection. And a lot of times when that happens, I always share with people that, you know, nine times out of 10 is typically not the price they're objecting. It's everything, everything, everything before that. It could be the person on the phone they talk to. It could be that you were late to the job. It could be that you're not listening and you're only trying to sell them something that they don't want. There's so many different things that can really set, set clients right. off. Right. Okay, I agree. I mean, like always, we could go on and on, but uh, I, I feel the hook coming. <laughs> no hook, no hook today. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Tay, I guess I'll pass it back to you for uh, homework. Sorry, thought I was unmuted. <laughs> um, so homework is our favorite time of Fight Club because this is where we hold you accountable. Um, this is where you take what you've listened to today and you put it into action this week by choosing one of the homework assignments that we are going to give you. And Dan, you are more than welcome at the end if you'd like, so you can get a feel for how we go through homework to assign some homework as well yourself. Um, so again, just, um, just one, not two, one. <laughs> <laughs> just one <laughs> homework assignment, please. Just so that way you're moving the needle forward in your business. So marketing homework, we talked about a lot of ways that you can interact with your clients to help your client retention. So I want you to choose one of the options that we discussed today that were free or not free. So you have um, your email marketing, 
you have <clears throat> social media and actually putting a more um, personal touch to that, not just, you know, happy Labor Day and throwing a flag on there and saying, here we go, <laughs> you know, show, show a picture of your technicians. It's Labor Day, show who they are and, you know, engage with your clients, help them understand who your technicians are. There's ways that you can go about those free ways that can really benefit your customers and bringing that comfortability and that know, like, and trust to them. So other paid options as well that we discussed were text magic as well as and gym. So take one of those areas today and implement it this week to engage with your customers. I love it. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit also with money homework this week. So this idea of if we're spending money on marketing, we're paying to acquire each new customer that comes to do business with our company. So why not try and retain them? and have them come back to us. And we're not gonna have to pay the second time that they do business with us. So I'd like you to think about one thing that you could do as part of your regular business system that would encourage your customers to buy from you again. So if you have a recurring service, that's a little bit easier because they're probably signing a contract, but maybe that means getting rid of the one-time cleans, right? Um, maybe that means get rid of the yard cleanups. You're only going to do one-time cleans or yard cleanups if they sign up for a regular engagement after that. If you're doing a one-off service already, uh, Dan had some great ideas about uh, offering a priority service so that the next time they call, they're going to get service in the next 40 hours or by offering a longer warranty. Like maybe you're doing window cleaning and you're offering a rainy day guarantee. If it rains the next 30 days, we'll come out and touch them up for free or something. Figure mm. out a way that you can upsell just a little bit a service that you're already offering to your customers. That way they will do business with you again and again. Um, I loved the easy idea of the sticker. And um, I kind of like how I, you know, it's like the oil change. I actually just got my oil change. That's why it's very present in my mind. I'm a little grumpy about it. New car, four oil changes in three months. But the sticker, I made them update it every wow. time because that's how I know the next time I need to go get my <laughs> oil change. So um, think about something you can do to get your customers to buy from you again because they're free round two. So that's your finance homework this week. Love it. And your systems homework this week is go all the way to the end. Like Dan takes you all the way to the end to build your business back and start with those core values. If you don't have them identified, I use three separate words. I don't know, Dan, if you have like a, a rubric that you like to utilize, like a certain uh, a package that you like to go for. But if it can be as simple as just three words to start with, that would be something you could really hone in on. And it's interesting because we did this process for pink collars about three years ago, and it has literally come up every single week. It comes up in all of our meetings, our accountability. It's how we review our team members. It's wild how much those three words can impact your company. So in terms of a system, start all the way at the end where you want your business to be find those words, identify them and write them down and see about adding them to your website if you can this week, because that would be super beneficial for your customers to understand who you are. I loved Dan, how I visited your website several times before you came on and I can see who you are as a person based on what's on your website, especially those, uh, those words that are your mission and your values. So I love that part. So do that for your homework this week, please. And your people homework, if you choose it, is going to be to think about in your training, how you train your staff to get the clients to, um, gosh, I, now I'm forgetting the like, trust, and what's the third one? No like and no trust. No like, 
no like trust. I knew I was missing one. Um, but that is, or should be part of your training. That should be part of your orientation with your employees on, you know, what is your process with a, particularly a new client mm-hmm. on how you greet them, you know, the different things that you do to put them at ease in that, you know, what you're doing and so forth. So <laughs> no like trust, um, evaluate your current system of how you train your employees. And do you have those elements in your training? That's your homework. That's good. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. So Dan, <laughs> if you want to give homework, you can. I will. I will. I, th- I think uh, Michelle stole my core values. So that's awesome. Sorry. <laughs> Make sure to get a nice sign for the wall. Like this is my there logo. Get a nice sign and put it on the wall. I tell you, the magic of having core values on your wall versus not on your wall is just crazy when it comes to your culture. Uh, but I, I want to second what, you know, what, what Martha was saying is I, my homework is to write a 10 step system from how you prepare and start your day all the way to how you communicate with your clients, to how you offer options, to um, how you go through the whole sell process all the way to the end, writing that system, making it very simple. And then like Martha said, starting to train your team on it. And really that's where you're going to start to see that repeatability, that consistency in what you want in growing your business. So that plus your core values will really help to set yourself up for success. So that's the homework. Nice. Super. We had some really good engagement from Elizabeth and there was a question in here that was our background checks, a good way to bring comfortability for your clients. So I think uh, that kind of came from Dan and Martha's discussion. Um, and then Elizabeth said, we do background checks on every single one of our potential texts. That's something we have found is really helpful for our clients to feel comfortable with allowing uh, our team in their homes. Anybody have any other thoughts about background checks, the importance of them or, or how we would use them as marketing? Go ahead, Michelle. We do them and I think they're very important. So we do them on all of our team members. Um, and I think they're super helpful. It gives everybody a level of comfort that, you know, we're accessing their data or we're in their business or we're seeing something, their financials. And I think it's really helpful. So I love them. I think they're great. I, I, I haven't visited my own website in a long time, but I want to say I have a, they ask you answer video on, can you trust us in your home? And in that video, I address the process and it's really the vetting process from when they apply to when they're hired. And, you know, I don't know if I cover past that, but I think it's very important that we educate our clients on the fact that we're not just throwing anybody in their home mm-hmm. and, uh, in, I personally think I follow Marcus Sheridan's advice. I personally think it is more beneficial if they hear from you, the owner or the office manager in a way that, yes, you can list it on your website, but I recommend that you actually do a video where you're kind of having a one-way conversation with them on this is what we do. And I, I think there's a higher element of trust that way. 
Awesome. Sweet. I put that in the chat. And then another kudos to Elizabeth. She knows her core values, their work, care, delight, which is everything we implement with our people from hiring to customer service comes down to those three things. So thanks for sharing that, Elizabeth. Good inspiration for our listeners this week. Great. Okay. Speaking and of inspiration. Have, yeah. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of inspiration, we have a quote for the day. So Dan, we always pull a quote off of our conversation. And I loved what you started with is that you talked about giving back. So uh, this week's quote is from Arthur Ashe. And it says, from what we get, we can make a living. But what we give, however, makes a life. So get out there and give a little bit today, everybody, and keep fighting for your business. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us. And everybody have a great short week out there and have a great week. Thanks so much. Go fight. (laughs) Go fight. See ya. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.